The Holy Gospel according to John chapter 6. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live for all time. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, given on behalf of the life of the world. Then the religious followers began to argue with one another, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus then said to them, I tell you the solemn truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. The one who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me, and I in them. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like that which your fathers ate and died. The one who feeds on this bread will live for all time. The Gospel of the Lord. This is earthly stuff, the incarnation of God. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. It's not for the faint of heart. We can trace this earthliness in the Gospel to the bread and the grains of the field and the hands that tend the earth, the grapes of the vine to the vine pruner's hands, the terroir and the climate in which the grape grows. John's gospel passage today is so physical, so earthy, and so sensuous. It's incarnate and consuming. One of my earliest memories of baking bread and eating bread is with my grandmother in my family's kitchen. We were making loaves shaped like dolls with the egg as a face and the dough wrapped and twisted around and braided as the body. I think this is a traditional bread of uh, Croatian descent and somehow it made its way into the kitchen of the wife of an Iowan farmer, likely through a newspaper article or church cookbook. In college, I braided bread again with my Jewish friends as we prepared for the Shabbat meal in our kosher halal dining co-op. I learned the complicated twisting with six strands of dough, tucking them under and wrapping them around and letting them rise until they were ready to be baked. It's a physical thing, making bread and eating bread. Hands learn to knead and to shape, to test, and to patiently wait on the rise. When you rip it open and you break bread together. I know I've waited and waited and longed to hold the Eucharist at the table, to see you in person. And online, I know this is an experience that is different. And some of you have chosen to fast from communion in this time. And for others that will continue to commune today, you use whatever you have on hand, ordinary though it may be. And I feel a special trust in the ways that we continue to break bread together, to take it into our bodies and receive it as Christ's own body. We also become Christ's body by connecting this ritual, not only to the community gathered here, gathered now in this time, but also extending back through the ages. I'm grateful for our deacon Ingalori, who taught me a long time ago about the sacraments of the church. And she has a very straightforward way of um, explaining and describing these sacraments. It's concise. As someone only who has taught middle schoolers so long would know, 
She says that a sacrament is something that Jesus calls on us to do, and it involves a physical element, like water for baptism, or water or bread for communion, and the promise of God's word, um, and the promise of God to be present in that element. The whole real present incarnate God encounters us in earthly elements, in the ordinary, and through the word of God, and combine and mingle and become this real presence in front of us. I think it's really, really a challenge to put words to this experience of the mystery of God. We try and come close with language, with our own words of what it's like to experience communion, or baptism for that matter. Our own words are clunky and awkward as we're trying to describe or explain this experience with God, as if we could come close to the fluency of the divine presence through word and wine and bread. And no doubt volumes have been written on this passage in John, illuminating and explaining and diving deep into the theology that is so present here. I can't think of anything else today but how tender and fragile and tenuous we are, how vulnerable and so very physical. And I am drawn to the physical presence of God in the bread and wine. Before seminary, my school sent out a packet of reading in the book, Take This Bread by Sarah Miles. It's a spiritual uh, autobiography about an atheist who wanders into church. And she takes communion and then writes about her experience of being transformed. There's a passage in her book about the experience of encountering God through bread and wine. It's this Eucharistic moment that blows my mind and how she writes about it. It's earthy and sensuous and so physical and unlike anything I've read, but it comes as close, I think, to my own experience. And it's stuck with me for years and years. She writes, Conversion was turning out to be quite far from the greeting car moment promised by televangelists when Jesus steps into your life, personally saves you, and becomes your lucky charm forever. Instead, it was socially and politically awkward, as well as profoundly confusing. I wasn't struck with any sudden conviction that I now understood the truth. If anything, I was just crabbier, lonelier, and more destabilized. All that grounded me were those pieces of bread. I was feeling my way toward a theology, beginning with what I had taken in my mouth and working it out from there. I couldn't start by conceptualizing God as an abstract trinity or trying to prove a divine existence philosophically. It was the materiality of Christianity that fascinated me, the compelling story of the incarnation in its grungiest details, the promise that words and flesh were deeply, deeply connected. I reflected, for example, about my daughter and about what it was like to be both a mother and a mother's child. The entire process of human reproduction was, if I considered it for a moment, about as intolerable as the apostle said communion was. It sounded just as weird as the claim that God was in a piece of bread that you could eat. And yet it was true. I grew inside my mother the way my daughter grew inside me. I came out of her and ate her just as my daughter ate my body, literally to live. I became my mother in ways that still felt sometimes as elemental and violent as the moment when I'd been pushed out from between her legs in a great rush of blood. And it was that same way with my father 
He had helped make me in ways that were wildly mysterious and absolutely powerful. Like Jesus, he had gone inside someone else's body and then become part of me. The shape of my hands, the way I cleared my throat, the color of my eyes. My parents lived in me, body and soul, DNA and spirit. That was like the bread becoming God becoming me in ways seen and unseen. And here we are, bread of of God gathered here, around the country even, bread becoming God becoming us. And then I believe one more thing happens, just as much a part of the mystery as the bread that becomes God and how God feeds us in this meal. We then become the bread for the world, the living bread. We are the living bread, a theological kaleidoscope of meaning and nourishment for one another, for our neighbors. I think sometimes even language can fall short on the experience of being living bread, as if you can describe what it is like to taste and know God in the bread and the wine, to write that experience down and share it with other people. We become bread with our own bodies, food for the world. You are the living bread that nails and hammers and paints walls and offers sacred space for tiny homes. We become bread that hungers for justice and seeks out God's vision for the world. We become bread that becomes more generous, like the boy with a basket with his loaves that feeds a whole crowd. We become more loving, more Christ-like, and more incarnate God. And so with all of that, as we become living bread again today, we give thanks to God. Amen.